Hello, and welcome to the November 25th edition of the Locked On Lease Podcast. I'm David Morissetti, flying solo on today's show, and we'll pay tribute to Boreas Salming, who lost his battle with ALS. And we'll also look at the upcoming back-to-back for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who look to build some momentum after that crazy win in New Jersey. This is the Locked On Lease Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissuti from Sportsnet. Mike DeStefano isn't able to join us today, but no worries. We have lots to go over, obviously, with sad news in Leafs land. But we also have some bigger question marks for this team with a back-to-back coming up. Locked On Leafs, as we all know, is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. And... As you know, you can catch us up on YouTube, Locked On Leafs, so make sure you go and subscribe. And if it's your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for the first listen. Hopefully you stick around for the ride. Also, today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Obviously, it's, you know, the last uh, few days has probably been a heavy one for a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans. With the very shocking news that Boya Salmi passed away, shocking in that obviously with his battle with ALS, you know, we were expecting, you know, sad news eventually down the road. But I don't think many of us expected it to happen this quick. And I mean, even when it's expected, it's never. Um, That news was coming down. Obviously, you know, wanted to wait for an official word from the team and when the team was going to put something out. So a very, very somber and sad day to get that notification. I was actually at, um, for those who know, I covered the CFL. I covered the Toronto Argonauts and they were having their championship rally. And during the rally, we got the news uh, almost near the end, thankfully. They didn't put it out during it because that would have been a little bit uh, tough to go through. But um, it was really sad. It, was, it caught a lot of people off guard that it kind of kind of just hear about it. And it also, though, reminds us how important that trip was for him to come here. You know, everyone, though, anybody who talked about Bory Salming with his former teammates the last few days, Every single one of them couldn't have been any happier that he got this chance to come back home to, you know, let Leafs fans kind of salute him in the way he needed to be saluted. This is such a tough battle for him. He needed, he needed that, you know, I think I have to be at peace and knowing that, you know, reminder that how important he was to this organization and important to this fan base. So it was obviously a sad moment, but also I think, you know, you think of the family, you think of what they were going through and for them to have that experience, that positive experience. I talked about that on the podcast too, that, you know, not only was that important for the Salming, for the fans, for the organization, but for his family to have a positive memory, right? 
you know, the last few months since the diagnosis was announced in August and probably even before that, it was probably a really, really tough period for his family. And, you know, they probably needed that, needed something positive. So it was great that he was able to do it. I mean, you hear, you, and I think even just if, if they ever needed any more comfort, go to the many tributes I've been pouring online. I mean, there was one in Sweden uh, when they announced his passing. There was an SHL game going on. That's the Swedish Hockey League for anybody who doesn't know. And they were having a game. And during the game, fans started chanting Borea Salming. Like, it gave me chills when I saw that. It, it gave me chills. Maybe I'll throw it in so you guys can you guys can hear it if you haven't seen the clip yet. And just such a chilling moment to hear, you know, a moment like that, you know, it shows how important he was to that country. We we appreciate, <coughs> sorry, we appreciate him here as Leafs fans. What he did for the Leafs, what he did for hockey. But you think about over there, like he's like a legend. He's a hero to a lot of those people over in Sweden. So very sad day, but it's also very nice that you know he gets recognized in the way he's being recognized. And I think even the most important thing through all this is that, you know, he's not suffering anymore. You know, this is a very tough, tough situation for him to go through. And the last thing you want with ALS and you, I've seen you, you've seen countless people, you know, you don't have to personally know somebody who's going through ALS, but you might see the constant, you know, stories about people who deal with ALS and how tough it is to deal with that, you know, you see the ones who have to go on feeding tubes, the ones who, you know, lose their total mobility and can't walk. And so they're, you know, they're confined to a wheelchair. And I mean, these guys put up such a brave fight to fight this disease. But, you know, giving Salming's age and, you know, all the struggles he had already started to go with. Um, Daryl Sittler made a point to say, you know what, it's it's it kind of you're kind of at peace knowing that he's not suffering and he won't be going through prolonged suffering so while you know it's a sad day for these fans and it's a sad day for the solving family that's an important thing to know is you don't have to your your memories aren't filled with total suffering you know there's going to be some but it's you know it, you can try to push out some of those bad memories with the good ones that you can remember with so uh you know boy solving I, I would argue one of the greatest Leafs defensemen of all time, deserving of his uh, lore on top of the uh, Leafs rankings as a top player. And, you know, someone who set a great example for a lot of uh, a lot of the players on the team currently, you know, the, I think of the Swedish players like Nylander, Sandin, who got a chance to meet him, Matt Sundin, you know, how much Salming helped him when he became the captain. Right. Those little things that maybe we don't hear about a lot and you don't see, but he had an impact in a big way with those. So obviously it's sad. Uh, and we just uh, wish our prayers uh, to the Solving family and know now that he is truly resting in peace. So I wanted to get that out of the way first uh, on the podcast because I feel like it was you know, it's the most important thing going on right now. He deserves his moment. We've, uh, we have we will have them in our prayers and uh now we get a chance to kind of look at what's uh going on with this leafs team because there are going to be some they're going to be you know there i'm assuming we'll see some tributes in terms of like a sticker or something on the helmet uh or some 
Uh, I know they used to do patches on jerseys for players. I don't know if that's a thing. That's really going to be it. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, I know they did it for Pat Quinn uh, all those years ago. Or in, I think I'm trying to remember Johnny Bauer, what they did. I think it's probably most likely going to be a tribute of some sort. So um, expect to see that for their first game against Minnesota. Um, and let's see how many. I'm sure there's going to be some heavy hearts when they play that game. Uh, there were some players that certainly had a close connection and will want to play for their fallen, uh, fallen countrymen. But um, before we go into the um, back-to-back games, I just want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It is your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, soccer, esports, NHL. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. David Morrisuti here. Mike DeStefano is not here, but that's okay. We're going to got a lot of things to discuss, a lot of uh, more injury news uh, since Mike and I last recorded. And that was uh, to hear that Jordy Ben was placed on IR with an upper body injury. This team just can't catch a break, man. <laughs> like it's when you saw when I initially had saw that he was hunched over and dealing with some initially we thought about lower body injury because of the groin injury he suffered during training camp. Then Sheldon Keefe said upper body injury didn't seem very optimistic and then you see the IR announcement and you're just like oh it, 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 it's just incredible to think how how the injuries have piled up. Now you got Jordy Ben joining Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, and TJ Brody as the latest players who not only are out for a, a game or two, but you know, a significant period. Um, you know, Kyle Dubas kind of mentioned that, you know, TJ Brody, they didn't expect him to be back for the rest of this road trip. So that's also that ends uh, in Detroit. So, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to have to have to rely heavily on the players that they, you know, obviously currently have. That's going to be tough. We already saw Mark Giordano and uh, Justin Hall play well over 24 minutes. You don't want those guys playing over 24 minutes a game. The Leafs really don't have much, much of an option right now. Uh, we also know that Connor Timmons, who was uh, acquired from the Arizona Coyotes, isn't ready to play just yet. Um, he's not going to be playing against Minnesota. The team wanted to give him a few skates to get himself ready. And, I mean, the guy hasn't played NHL hockey since October. But he did get some NHL games. So I'm wondering, is this just a matter of just, you know, letting him kind of take a breath and getting used to a new situation before you throw him into the fire? Because literally you're putting Connor Timmons in. Given all the injuries, he's going to play some play some minutes. And... I didn't hear any word about whether he would get in on this weekend. You know, I, obviously he's not playing against Minnesota, but I don't know if he would be making his debut potentially in Pittsburgh on the back-to-back. Um, if not against Pittsburgh, I would assume his debut would come Monday against the Detroit Red Wings. Just, you know, too many. I mean, that's that's a lot to ask of the current defense to have to play through, uh, you know, 
you know, you, you want you want to have everybody kind of uh, not fresh. You can't really keep guys fresh in this period because of all the injuries. But you know, making sure that if you got a Connor Timmons, you made that trade for him. You expect him to play in the NHL. He's on the roster. You're going to have to expect him to get some games in. So as it sits right now, I'm just going to pull up the uh, Leafs defense. Just, I mean, the Leafs lines in general, just to give you a sense of what's going on here. And then I'm going to bring up the other news, and that's uh, just some changes on the top top part of the um, of the lineup here, and that's Kelly Yarncroke getting second-line minutes with Don Tavares and Mitch Marner. I thought that to be very, very interesting, um, considering, you know, I didn't think Nick Robertson had a bad game against the Devils. But I think when they look at the upcoming matchup against the Minnesota Wild, this seems this seems to make a little bit of sense. You kind of spread things around a little bit, and you also got to get Wayne Simmons in the lineup. And some people are going to say, ah, oh, Wayne Simmons... The Minnesota Wild just acquired Zach, um I was just about to say Zach Aston Reeves. The Minnesota Wild just acquired Ryan Reeves. That's it. They just acquired Ryan Reeves. They already have, you know, Mike uh Mike Felino on that team who's no he's a tough cookie. So you're gonna need a Wayne Simmons in the lineup just to kind of help out um a little bit on that front. I mean, Wayne Simmons isn't able to do it all on his own, but you at least have someone like that in case things get a little out of hand. You could have a Wayne Simmons out there. Um, as you can see on the defense, you got Giordano, Hull, Sandine, Lilligrant, Mete, and Hollowell. That's going to be an interesting pairing considering. I mean, that's going to be the pairing that plays the least amount of time, obviously. Sandine and Lilligrant are going to be playing. I think you'll be seeing a lot of that. Funny enough, um, Matt Murray didn't practice. Um, on the day before and Samsonov and Kyle Shalgren were um, were on the ice. So the interesting here is that the Leafs were saying that they weren't exactly sure if Samsonov would be ready to go for this week. I don't know if that meant this week and, um, you know, he won't play at all during the back-to-back. Maybe they'll see him play on Monday against Detroit. Although, if you have Matt, it all depends, I think, on what they do with Matt Murray. Sheldon Keefe didn't rule out the possibility of having Matt Murray play on the back-to-back. And the reason why it makes sense is because, the you know, the the Black Friday, or Black Friday, the, yeah, the Black Friday game is at 2 o'clock. So it's a little different when you have the 2 o'clock, you get the night to kind of rest, the full day, and you got Pittsburgh. It also depends on the travel, too, right? How, how... How but how 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 does he feel after travel? If he feels good, you might see him play the back to back, especially if Samson is ready to go for Monday against uh, Detroit. You can have him back there. The only other thing I could say is, you know, maybe you give Shagrin. You just say, you know what? Let's not risk it. Let's put Shagrin against Pittsburgh. I know he didn't exactly have his best. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't at his best against uh, the Islanders. You give him maybe that chance to, or no, turn things around. We'll see. That's going to be, I think, one of the bigger um, things to watch for when it comes to this weekend. I'm going to have actually more. Uh, I want to kind of break down a little bit more of the upcoming matchups, uh, but those are just kind of a quick few um, hitters just to look at based on what we saw 
uh, in practice in the last few days. So we're going to take one more break. But before and and before we do, I just want to remind everyone, subscribe to the Locked On These podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're seeing those subscriber numbers go up. They're steadily going up. I want to see this thing really, really start to take off. I really want to see us get closer to that 3,000 subscriber mark. We're, I think we're just over 2,200, which is which is solid, but I think we can do a lot better. I want to make sure we stay ahead of the Locked On Canadians podcast. Got some work to do to get to the Locked On Senators podcast. Those guys have been busting their butts, and they've got a, uh, for the last few years. So they got a little bit of a head start on us, but I want to catch up to them as much as possible. So I'm going to take a quick break. Then we're going to go over the back-to-backs against Minnesota in Pittsburgh. So this is the Locked On These podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to the Locked On These podcast. David Morissuti here. And, you know, it's a very interesting back-to-back situation because I'm making sure I'm recording this before before the Leafs play a game at two o'clock. The t- clock was ticking on this one, so um, it's a very you know what I, I don't mind the afternoon games. Now here's the thing: I work in I, I work my work schedule is a lot different than everybody else's, so I don't mind if uh, you know there's an afternoon game. I actually have the day off today, so this kind of works out well for me because I have the day off today and then I work on the weekend. So. Um, still get to watch uh, the least. Hopefully, you guys are able to watch this afternoon game because this is a very interesting matchup with the uh, Minnesota Wild, who they're a team that's gone through quite a bit, quite a few ups and downs. Um, you know, Mark Andre Fleury has not really been the goalie that I think they thought he was going to be when um, you know when he when they signed him. He was on the injured reserve. They are actually activating. Um, they're actually activating him off injured reserve for. I, I'm assuming it's going to be for the Leafs game, but um, you know, the Minnesota Wild have been dealing with kind of very weird. I wouldn't say shaky goaltending because Phil Gustafson, who they acquired in the trade for Camp Delwitt, hasn't been bad for them. Um, when uh, Fleury went down, Gustafson went two and one, had a point, uh, had a nine fourteen save percentage and a two point three four goals against average. So, not not too bad, obviously. But you look at Mark Andre Fleury, and this season, the I, I I'll say this, the the record's not bad. He's six four and one in twelve games. But he has a 2.80 goals against average and a .906 save percentage, which is not what they were expecting when they when they signed him. They wanted average goal. This is a little below average, not terrible, but I think they expected a little bit better from Marc Andre Fleury. But he um, he has a good chance to get himself back on track here um, with obviously with the game against the Leafs here. Uh, the Wild have lost, uh, have won their last few games. They're coming off a very impressive game against the Winnipeg Jets, where they 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 met, they were the better team start to finish. They won that game six one, and I'm looking at that game and what the Minnesota Wild do well. The Leafs are going to have to really keep an eye on that, and these are kind of my going to be my you know keys to the game for this one, and which is the Wild are going to want to be. 
challenging this Leafs defense and going to the net. They're going to be trying to get a lot of those chances in tight. A lot of those goals, a lot of the goals um, I watched against the Jets, the Wild were getting rebounds or, you know, getting in the goaltender's grill. This Leafs defense isn't exactly the one to push guys away. So Matt Murray is going to have to battle his way through uh, what the Minnesota Wild are going to try to do. So the Leafs defense is going to have to make sure that those second chance opportunities Mike brought up in the last podcast. So he thinks the rebounds for Murray could be better. And I think that's something uh, that's going to hold true in this game. Minnesota is going to do their best to get to the net, make sure they get to those second opportunities. Least defense is going to have to hold their ground a little bit here and have to try their best to make sure Minnesota doesn't get those second and third chances. The devils got very fortunate that, um, you know, in terms of, they had those opportunities, and unfortunately for them, they couldn't get it in. The Leafs were able to keep them out. Matt Murray was solid in that game, but it's not going to get any easier with Minnesota. Just because they're a bit of a bigger team, these are bigger buys are going to make things a little bit difficult for uh, Toronto. Now, when you look at these two games, kind of the common theme that Mike and I have been bringing about is the offense at 5-on-5. Five five. The Leafs were better at that against New Jersey. They got both their goals at 5-on-5. Five five. They got to keep that going because Minnesota is a very good defensive team. They're not going to give up a lot off, uh, you know, at five on five. So at least you're going to have to find their way to get things going a little bit. I, I found it interesting, obviously, with the Kelly Young Crow uh, being moved up to the second line. Is that more of a defensive thing? Is that more to get Young Crow going a little bit uh, offensively? Maybe to get a bigger body onto that line? Uh, very, it's a very curious decision by uh by Sheldon Keefe. But I, I I think it's you know we've seen we saw Cal Yonko play up in the lineup during the pre preseason. So you know not totally totally out of out of character for Sheldon Keefe to do a move like this. Um <laughs> I also thought that line wasn't bad in New Jersey of Yonko Holmberg and um Angval. But I guess again Sheldon Keefe is just trying different things, trying to see if he can find the better combination. So it, that's going to be something I'm going to watch for. How does Yarncro fit into the top six? Um, because obviously the Leafs have still not found that magic um, in some cases of getting that five-on-five scoring. And lower in the lineup, maybe they think Kerfoot can do better on the third line. Um, I haven't really been high on Kerfoot. We brought it up uh just the lack of goals at five on five for Kerfoot, lack of production. Maybe they think if they put him in a little bit of an easier situation and they keep him on that that bottom six, that maybe something will spark. I'm not as confident, but you know, crazier things have happened, so we'll see. Um, obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on the goaltending situation. Can Matt Murray, you know, out, you know, win this game, help them win this game against Minnesota, and then we'll see how the one against Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, how Pittsburgh shapes up so something to definitely keep an eye on there and you know since uh there's not too much time before the next game i'm not going to keep us here too long because we'll likely be breaking down a lot of what's going on on the after this weekend's game we will also have a bit of review on the leafs quarter mark i mean the leafs are at the quarter mark of the season we'll break things down i i want to wait until after this stretch of games just because then we'll get a real sense after a road trip like this, and it's truly the quarter mark of the season. We'll break down kind of 
you know, good things and bad things with that's going on with the Leafs and things that they need to work on, things that they need to keep uh, keep doing well. We'll do all that um, after, likely, you know, kind of in between the road games going up here because we'll be back again on Monday and we'll go through the weekend games. We'll also preview Monday's game against the Detroit Red Wings, which so it's a very busy time for the Leafs. They got quite a few games. Um, you know, to end this road trip, three games in four days. So we'll uh, we'll be keeping you up to date on all that. But until then, I want to thank you all for uh, if you've made it all the way through the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. I know doing these solo shows gets a little tough. Uh, so I appreciate you guys hanging in for as long as you did. So until next time, keep locked right here on Locked on Leafs.